Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. Baby, baby. Welcome, patrons, to this week's B-Side. As a reminder, joining me on the program is Leslie Lee the Third, co-host of Struggle Session Podcast. Leslie, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Happy to be on the B-Side where we can, you know, tell the truth. These, these, all those chumps on the free stream, they don't deserve these real, the real stuff, the real hot takes. This is, this is for you fine folk who subscribe to this podcast. Well, we took our mask off, and uh, we're gonna re- we're gonna reveal the diabolical underbelly of uh, the socialist uh, cultural critique that we're about to about to lay down here. Uh, what'd you think about the A side? You thought? I mean, I, th- I thought we laid out a pretty comprehensive case for our side. Um, what'd, what'd you think? Yeah, I think I think so. I think we really got into some of the issues that we had uh, issues that people aren't talking about, like the issues with Wakanda itself which uh which i just have to applaud disney for it being able to pull that off in a lot of ways like i can't say on the h side that i applaud disney but i do applaud them like they were like this whole thing like the whole black panther psyop uh more or less worked like no matter good aren't they they're good they've been thwarting the socialist movement the black liberation struggle for hundreds of years man they're fucking good at what they do absolutely absolutely shout out Mm. to bob Iger, you did it (laughs) Shout out to the CIA. Shout out to COINTELPRO. Uh, shout out to um, uh, who else are we leaving out here? I think Ava DuVernay had a hand in this. Shout out to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, they're doing a good job. I think, you know, I, I got to say, look, if, if you're a patron and uh, and you still think that Black Panther is a real, a real sort of like revolutionary, has radical potential, I hope to disabuse you of that in the next uh, 30, 45 minutes. Because I want to get into some of the more salient difficult. I mean, I don't know. Look, as a mo- as a movie, I mean, I think you're you're gonna be you know this as the, as the co-host of Struggle Session. As a movie, fuck it, go watch it. Make some popcorn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, watch the damn movie. I gotta say, when I saw the trailer, man, that trailer got me hyped up. I saw it like six months ago, and I was like, oh my god, I gotta see that movie. Like, if you even want to get into the kind of like uh, the kind of glee of watching oppressed people kick the shit out of, you know, whatever, like Imperial honkies or whatever, like go get your rocks off, man. Like, I'm not here to tell you like that you can't have fun and, and, and kind of have these cheap thrills. Like, what do you, what do you make of those cheap thrills? Pretty worthwhile. Right? Uh, no, actually I didn't think the movie on the whole was really that good. Like there's yeah. like, there was good stuff in it. I think all the, I think the strong work was the characters and the actors. They were all fantastic. Um, the fight scene, the fight scenes were not good except for, um, a, cu- a couple of them, uh, the action—I I should say action scenes—broadly, like they—they—they they were bad. Like most superhero action scenes are bad, but mo- uh, but people seem to be okay with like like I, I watched Thor Ragnarok the other day, and there's scenes where it's just like CGI Thor fighting CGI, you know, whatever monster <laughs> for like five minutes. I'm like, what is this? But some it's people, weird, but people right? dig that. I, I I don't know. I guess maybe I'm a little too old school, but I I don't get it. But you know, some people like I felt like, but when I look, went back and T told me this on the podcast, I went back and looked at the fight scenes from Civil War that Black Panther's in, and it's so much better. Like it's so, even though there's still a little bit of CGI in there, it felt meatier and realer and more like hand to hand combat, which is what these movies really need. They need less like 
one person versus a hundred robots. They need more two people, you know, in a fight in a pro wrestling match. And like you yeah, get yeah, a yeah. little bit with the mic more Iron Man, less yeah, less WWE uh, SmackDown or whatever. No, more, like twenty people in the cage. Or I would say more WWE, where it's two people and less. You know, oh, I was thinking a cage fight. Like you got sixty people going at each other. You don't even know what's going. Oh, on. Oh no, 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 I mean, yeah, I mean like more like a one on one. I got you. Well, I got you. Like they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I agree. I think that CGI it breaks the fourth wall. For me, it does. Maybe for other people, it doesn't. But it makes me painfully aware that all of a sudden I'm watching a movie and they stage this fucking thing on computers. Yeah, and, and it just seemed like they didn't have to do that. Like it didn't see like they spent two hundred million dollars on this movie. Like you can hire like stunt coordinators and stunt men and ha- and have them like really have these intense fight scenes that are directly related to the actual plot. I was so disappointed when the last fight scene was Killmonger versus T'Challa and they were just fucking CGI and they were on this staring at each other through the train yes. every every uh, fi- you know 5 minutes. Just, that was just weird. Like they didn't even build that up the way that they could. Yeah, but have. the thing is like they've done like that scene has happened like they when the train's passing through, that's happened in other movies, but it will be two real people standing there so it can be so intense <laughs> like you actually feel like all right this guy's going as soon as this train is done like somebody's Instead getting of a cartoon ch- character yeah exactly exactly somebody yeah 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 but uh now, i agree with you i just want to backtrack so the, the question i originally meant to ask i wasn't explicit enough was like in general when you have these narratives where it's like even though they're it's kind of like uh, uh, uh overly woke and performative and shitty where you have this oppressor kicking the uh, Sorry, the oppressed sort of rising up and kicking the oppressor's ass. Like, you can get those cheap thrills. But I agree with you to say, like, this movie didn't even deliver those cheap thrills in the way that, in the way that, that I would want it to after saying, say, watching the trailer like six months ago. Yeah, like, so uh, Black Panther just beats up uh, the guy who was right <laughs> and then and then goes to the oppressors and and decides to cha- share technology with them. Um, like, uh, like I, I would say, like, if it wasn't this film or any other film, I say, you know, enjoy, even enjoy, enjoy the the uh, uh, pseudo wokeness, enjoy the fascist narratives if you can. Like in Three Hundred, my wife was watching Three Hundred the other day, and like that's a very fascist film, but you can still watch it and en- enjoy it. Um, I, I never tell people not to enjoy. I mean, because I because that's. I guess this, I feel like it comes from a place of privilege where you think you can only watch and enjoy things that uphold your political police or values, either privilege or like, uh, and I don't use privilege lightly. I mean, just like a lack of awareness of things because as like a black kid, um, I was reading nothing but racist in, you know, school all the time, right? Like, sure, like, right, like, right. I, like, so I didn't really have a choice to only read like woke takes from woke people. And if you had that privilege, for lack of a better term, you know, you were lucky and you should, and so, and, and acknowledge that. So now when I'm an adult, like I can still read HP Lovecraft and enjoy it. I can still watch 24 and understand that even though it's a completely racist show, enjoy it as a fantasy action, um, drama thing. In fact, I, I always often bring up this example. When 24 became unwatchable for me, really, was when 24 tried to address the criticisms of it within the show. Like, as long as Jack Bauer existed in an alternate universe where torture always was justified and always worked, I could enjoy it. But when Jack Bauer was uh, brought in front of Congress and they were basically quoting uh, Salon 
articles from the world, real world at him and he defended him. Then I have a problem with that because in the yeah. universe, then, then he becomes real. Then it, becomes, real. it becomes real and Jack Bauer is right. So then it becomes not just a subtle defense of the war on terror. It becomes an actual defense of the war on terror because nothing oh, else, nothing else would make sense. We're both professionals. You know that I can force this information out of you, but I'm running out of time. And I agree with all of you. I mean, I love the movie just in and of itself. Again, what I was talking about on the A side about kind of getting your cheap thrills about, you know, oppressed people just kicking the shit out of the oppressors. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah, they're cheap. Yeah, it's it's just it's pure catharsis. It's it's just it's 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 political uh, you know, schadenfreude, masturbation, whatever you want to call it, whatever. It's meaningless in the broader political, you know, world, but as a cultural product, it's yeah, it's, and there's so much, and you there's know, actually, I enjoyed it on that level. there's actually a lot of it. Like Quinn Tarantino, as, as much shit as he gets, that's why he made. Yeah. That's why he made Django. Like he wanted to. Yeah. He said, I loved like, it. Exactly, I, I loved it too. He wanted he wanted black people to have another movie where they get to kill a bunch of white people and have fun with it. You know, kill a bunch of slave owners. They want he same reason he made Inglorious Bastards. He wanted a film where uh, uh, the uh, Jew, Jews kill Hitler and all the fucking Nazis and like that's fun and that rules and that's part of like of that's the radical nature of like genre filmmaking that is has a long history that Black Panther really does not engage with whatsoever. And, and you know what? This is an excellent parallel because this is really what I'm trying to get at here. And I think maybe you can run with this because I feel like I now, now I know how to say it. What Tarantino is doing and what Jordan Peele is doing is they're creating a ma- an imaginary universe where it's an imaginary world that it's created where the oppressed kicks the shit out of the oppressor. That's what the movies do. They're cultural productions. That's what art, that's, that's the kind of, uh, 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 you know, the, the imaginative utopian, you know, potentially liberatory, uh, quality of artistic production. But what the Oscars do, they take that world and they pretend like it's true. And they, they, they project it into an imaginary political universe where it's an accomplishment that has a real immediate impact on the political and economic system that we're living in today. Do you understand the difference there? So it's like, on the one hand, you know, the movies we're making believe and we know we're making believe and that's fine because that's, that's what we're doing. But when you, when you, when you, when you project it into this kind of liberal, progressive, uh, faux racial, faux woke political universe, we're creating a, a world where we always win because we produce the, we make the rules and we create the boundaries. Okay, help me out here. And that concludes your free preview of my B-side conversation with Leslie Lee III. We go deep into a criticism of the Black Panther movie. We talk about race essentialism. We talk about cultural representations and all the limitations thereof. So you're not going to want to miss that. Head over to patreon.com slash deadpundits and subscribe for $5 or more per month to get access to the rest of that B-side. And in addition, you'll get access to all of the other B-sides. Got a lot of really great stuff over there for members only. A couple weeks ago, I talked about socialist podcasting with Dan Denver, the host of the Dig Podcast. 
I've got a deep dive into socialism and mass incarceration with Adoner Usmani. I've got a really great Q&A session with Angela Nagel and Amber Ali Frost. Uh, let's see, Lee Phillips and I some months ago talked about democratic planning and the good Anthropocene. That was a really controversial uh, it's a episode that we did. Uh, likewise, talked about sex and socialism with Heidi Matthews and much, much more. A lot of really great stuff over there. I saved the juicy, controversial takes for my patrons on the B-sides. So all of you listening who haven't yet smashed that subscribe button, head over to patreon.com slash deadpundits and do so to get all the good stuff. Support the New Left Agenda. Until next week, Dead Pundit, out. Out.